0: Hi hello my name is Elizabeth Dale and for those of you that are new to this podcast I am a Cornish writer blogger and podcaster with a bit of an obsession with local history. I just love digging into the dark corners of Cornwall's past and finding those little treasures those nuggets of stories that I can share with you. Now today's story actually was inspired by an email that I received from someone who suggested that this would be a really good subject for a podcast and I have to say I immediately agreed. It was a story that I had researched in the past but I just never really used anywhere so I thought you know what this is an ideal opportunity. So today we're gonna be looking into the story of a Cornish witch and a rather legendary curse. This curse is said to have been placed on an entire family and on an area of ground. And although it happened about 300 years ago, this curse is still remembered and still feared and still seems to hold some power right up to the present day. Today I am going to be telling you the tale of Mother Ivy, the White Witch. It seems like the idea of witchcraft has always been a powerful force in Cornwall. A little while ago, I did quite a lot of research into the unfortunate women in the 16th and 17th century in Cornwall who had actually been brought to trial for witchcraft, so if you pop over to my blog, um, you can actually read the article that I wrote about them there. So witchcraft first became a crime in the eyes of the law in 1541. But it's important to remember that witchcraft and most importantly, this kind of belief in curses and charms, that idea didn't just vanish when witchcraft became illegal. And it still certainly didn't go away when the law was repealed a couple of hundred years later in 1736, and nor did it vanish when the so-called modern world of science and technology arrived. In Cornwall, the fears and superstitions remained strong well into the 20th century, and some might say that they still linger on to this day. I think that we all have our own superstitions and our own lucky charms. I think, really, they're just a natural part of, of human nature. And I've always been interested in these accounts of the men and women who were considered to have these special powers, so-called witches and wizards and charmers and the very Cornish word of Pellers. In 1855, Thomas Quiller Cooch wrote of Cornwall, quote, the belief in witchcraft holds its ground firmly and of all superstitions, it will probably be the last to die out. And I think the story of Mother Ivy really illustrates how this statement is true. In an earlier episode I spoke about a man called uh, Jan Taddy of Twelve Heads who had built quite a reputation for himself as a wizard in about 1903 and he got himself into all kinds of uh, trouble because people really believed in his powers and then if we go forward again to about 1930, the historian and sort of collector of folklore, William Painter, wrote, quote, I have discovered that witches and charmers, both male and female, exist today and are looked up to and feared by the native population. There is a great deal more in witchcraft than people suppose. Strange and curious things do happen in the country and I am strongly convinced that for many of them the witches are responsible. And this idea that these beliefs in witchcraft really hung around in Cornwall was again enforced in 1972 when a national Sunday newspaper, the Sunday Express, carried an article about a field near Mother Ivy's Bay. And the article's headline was A Fine Field Stays Fallow Because of a Black Witch. But more of that story in a bit. Now, Mother Ivy's Bay was also known as Polventon, and it's not far from Padstow. It's a beautiful, wide, sandy beach on one side of Traveaux's Head, and it's very popular these days. There's lots of caravan parks in the area. It's just a really beautiful area. Now, Mother Ivy's Bay in the past was notorious as a haunt for smugglers who used to leave their contrabands in the the caves there. And apparently there are still cottages in the area that have um, smuggling holes beneath their floors for hiding goods. And one of these hidey holes was um, uncovered in the 1890s in a cottage called The Nook, which had once been owned by a man called George Lee. Anyway, right above the beach, there is a field that is part of Lower Harlan Farm. And this field overlooks the bay, um, uh, which is sort of enclosed by Trevaux's head and stepper Point. And in 1972, the Sunday Express reported that this particular patch of ground hadn't been used to graze livestock or grow crops for more than a century. And what was the reason? An ancient curse, of course. So, as I said, Mother Ivy's Cove was also known as Pole Venton Bay, which means the cove with a spring. Pole for cove, Venton for spring. Um, But it is believed that it was renamed Mother Ivy's sometime in the late 18th, early 19th century after a local character, who legend has it, was a white witch. Now, the earliest reference to this new name for the cove Um, the earliest reference that I could find anyway, comes from a newspaper article from September 1829. And the newspaper article is just a letter from a commander in the Royal Navy regarding the dangers of the coast around Padstow, which you probably know is notorious for shipwrecks. And this commander is basically saying that Mother Ivy's Bay is a possible safe anchorage. Another early reference comes from the Cornish Telegraph in 1855, which describes the schooner Regis of Plymouth being wrecked at Mother Ivy's Bay near Trevaux's head. So maybe not the safe anchorage that the commander thought it was. Anyway, what I'm saying is it's kind of unclear when the name changed from Polventon to Mother Ivy's. In his book, From Granite to Sea... Alex Langston proposes that Mother Ivy was actually a woman called Martha Ivy who was living in the area in the early 18th century. So I decided to do a bit of digging into the parish records and see what I could find out about Martha so martha was born martha groden or growden that was a maiden name that she gave when she married john ivy at st Maryn in 1719. And the couple went on to have at least six children mary samuel stephen elizabeth john and william and when stephen and william married they both named their first daughter martha after their mother the Cornish historian Donald Rowe says that Martha was a charmer, so a kind of wise woman, who lived in a cottage above what was then known as Polventon Bay. And she was well known for her skills as a healer or as a witch in a, sort of the 1760s or thereabouts. And Rowe writes that he thinks that Martha may have inherited this cottage and some money from a relative who died without children and what it meant was that she and her family were relatively secure in their lives so what has this all got to do with the curse well basically there is a story that the peter family a wealthy family from harlan bay incurred the wrath of martha ivy for their selfish neglect of the poor and starving people in the area So the family were large producers of pilchards which they sold to the Italian market. They had large fish sellers in Padstow and there is this kind of implication that they were a bit money grabbing. Apparently the family motto was profit smells sweet and this motto was actually carved into a granite lintel on one of their fish stores. So on one occasion, a substantial cargo of the family's fish wasn't sold. For some reason, their buyers didn't take the the barrels of pilchards as they had been expected to and the fish was sent back to Padstow. Now the story goes that these pilchards were apparently still okay to eat but they weren't far from spoiling but rather than give the fish to the poor families in the area or at least sell the barrels off at at a bargain price the Peter family ordered that the pilchards be spread on the fields as fertiliser. Now Martha Ivy, or Mother Ivy, was apparently absolutely livid at this sort of selfish, wasteful act that had occurred right on her doorstep. She is said to have cursed those fields, cursed the very ground, saying, quote, If ever its soil was broken, death would follow. Now at first the family, the Peter family, did try and plant a crop there, But all work came to an abrupt halt when soon after the plough broke the ground, the eldest son of the family was thrown from his horse while crossing the field and killed. The story goes that from then on, all kinds of misfortune began to follow the family. And it is said in the 18th and 19th centuries, several members of the Peter family died suddenly or in dramatic circumstances. And understandably, people began to, truly believe in the power of mother ivy's curse in later years around the 1940s the farm was owned by the hellier family and their experiences only perpetuated this story of a curse during the second world war when there had been the, the dig for victory campaign when every available plot of land was being utilized to produce food for the nation there was one field that was not cultivated and that was the field above mother ivy's bay which was left fallow legend has it that the home guard did dig some trenches across it however and it said that within days the then owner's eldest son harold hellier was killed in action and the story doesn't end there in fact it just gets a bit weirder Um, In the late 1940s, a man called Jack Hellyer was walking home um, across the farm one evening when he says he felt a strange presence when he came near the cursed field. He reported seeing a ghostly shape at the bottom of the field and had this strong sense that there was something malevolent lurking there. Jack said that he stood and watched the shape for some time and that it was about four metres high and made of a sort of black vapour that kept forming and reforming. And eventually he became so disturbed by it that he just ran home. In the 1972 article that's the the sunday express article francis hellyer so we're now sort of the third generation of the same family farming this land well he is quoted as saying that although the facts of the curse had never really been written down they had been passed down to him through the family from father to son and he said quote the feeling here is very strong I would need a very good reason before I touched that field, End quote. In the 1970s, attempts were made to break the curse. A Mrs Mary Reese apparently consulted a local wise woman who put some pieces of rag into a tin and then, quote, spoke some strange incantation over them and then told Miss Reese to go and bury them in the field. This was done, but apparently the tenant farmer and Mr. Bennett still refused to turn the ground, reportedly saying, "'I wouldn't plough that field, not for any money.'" Now back to Alex Langston and his excellent book, um, From Granite to Sea, because he fills us in on some of the more recent developments. Apparently, in 1997, southwest water wanted to lay a pipe across the cursed field frank hellier now the fourth generation of that family on the farm was not happy about this idea he told the cornish guardian newspaper that he didn't want to take any chances so southwest water called in the services of the local vicar the vicar went to the field held a short service and said some prayers, and then the work was allowed to go ahead. But, rumour has it that the foreman of the team from South West Water who were doing the work suffered a heart attack, and a man who was using a metal detector in the same field apparently died soon after so make of that what you will but it seems to me that the legend of the curse is still very much alive and kicking or at least it was in the 90s now if there's anyone out there who perhaps lives in that area and can tell me any more about this curse fill me in on any more recent developments i would be absolutely fascinated to hear about them And there is one more thing that I think is worth mentioning. Very, very close to Mother Ivy's Bay is a prehistoric burial ground on the clifftops. It's an Iron Age cemetery which was discovered in the 19th century. And there's approximately 100, 150 graves there, all dating from around 2,000 years ago. There was an excavation of the cemetery in 1900. And if you go online, you can actually find photographs of that dig that show these beautifully preserved cyst burials with the skeletons in that that crouched position inside, which is really unusual for Cornwall because our soil here is so acidic that bones generally just completely disappear. Anyway, they found some amazing artifacts there as well as all these beautifully preserved skeletons. And I was just wondering, if this could be connected to the story of the curse if there could be some kind of ancient sort of social memory community memory that these fields were sacred ground and they they shouldn't be touched so yeah that was just my thought anyway I hope that you have enjoyed the story today of Mother Ivy and the curse. Um, And if you have, please do like and share and subscribe. And if you feel so inclined, please consider becoming a patron. It just really helps me to keep these websites running, to keep the podcast going and really helped me fund my research so yeah if you would consider that I would really really appreciate it I also want to give a bit of a shout out to someone in Finland (laughs) this is going to sound really really random but I had a notification to say that my little podcast was the 65th most popular history podcast in Finland I really don't know how that has happened, but whoever you are out there in Scandinavia, thank you ever so much for listening and I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode. Anyway, that's enough from me for now and I will speak to you really soon. Take care, everyone. Bye.